0: Hello and welcome to the Broadcast Newswrap, your shorthand guide to the biggest ongoings across the TV landscape, artfully delivered by the broadcast editorial team. Broadcast parent, MBI, has just drawn the curtains on its media production and technology virtual festival, MPTS Connect, a three-day conference jam-packed with sessions spanning the production and technology fields. This week's News Wrap is joined by event chief Charlotte Wheeler, alongside me, John Elms, as she briefed us on MPTS Connect's highlights. We'll also be tuning into exclusive audio from the keynote sessions Indies in Lockdown and hearing from Charlotte about plans for the return of the flagship MPTS physical event in 2022. All that, plus the ever-popular what we've been watching on today's broadcast news wrap. So it is with great pleasure that I am joined today by Charlotte Wheeler, my colleague and uh, event director of the Media Production and Technology Show, MPTS, as you all should know in the industry. Charlotte, how are you doing? I'm all
1: right, thank you. Not too bad. Thanks, John, for asking me to be here today. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And, and um, I expect you're kind of on a bit of a, a slow come down from the fact that you've just wrapped MPTS Connect, our digital precursor to MPTS. Now, we're going to talk about that in a moment, but you just wanted to expand on MPTS, which has unfortunately, like so many important TV events, been affected by the coronavirus and the impact of COVID-19. And you've, you've got a few details on the update of MPTS for, for our listeners.
1: Yes, so we made the announcement about a month ago. We wanted to make sure that when we made the announcement, it was really for the benefit of the exhibitors, first and foremost, because we didn't want them spending any more money investing in stand builds, design, booking hotels, etc. Customers have always been at the foremost part of our plans making sure that they're happy so I mean at the time obviously uh, uh, Boris has announced this week a roadmap for us but uh, most of that is just more around our general lives rather than big live events there's no way that we would be six to eight thousand people in Olympia on May the 12th this year Mm. you know it's not comfortable for us it's not comfortable for exhibitors all the people because people wouldn't come so whilst the roadmap's great and obviously the vaccine program is is phenomenal what's happening here it's just not viable and Mm. that's a very hard decision for us to make as a business as well because obviously that does come at a cost but uh, one of the great things about our business is that we are very robust we have you know so many fantastic brands yes we are postponing till 2022 um, but we do have some other things coming up in the year when when we think people might feel more comfortable getting together. So that's exciting.
0: Fantastic. And we and we can touch on those later. As you say, all go for 2022 and MPTS. I'm very much looking forward to and I'm sure everyone else is for the 2022 version, which I'm sure is going to be fantastic.
1: Absolutely, Can't wait.
0: Yeah. But I mean, just, just uh, as a kind of corollary to this, we've we've had we've just finished a, a really fantastic MPTS Connect with the virtual festival. I mean, you know, myriad things on there that would be really great for the industry. And um, I just wanted to get your perspective from from the the person who, who you know managed all the parts and directed. You know, what were how's it gone? Firstly, and and what were the highlights?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's it's gone brilliantly. It was obviously a massive learning curve, putting on a three-day event on a virtual platform. Um, and the team did brilliantly. MPTS Connect was originally devised as a preview when we thought that we would still be running a show this year. But actually, as it turns out, in a fortuitous way, it came about a month after we made the announcement that we weren't running this year. So again, what what we wanted to reflect from MPTS Connect is what all the great content that you'd find on the show floor normally. You would always have a mixture of really great sessions on the keynote theatre. So we had a number of those, such as Indies in Lockdown, some fantastic um, heads of Indies on that panel hosted by Jesse. I think we're going to hear a snippet of that coming up, which is great. One of my highlights was The Serpent. I mean, uh, it's, you know, it's a drama that we binged, not for the faint hearted, but I, I just really wanted to hear from the team. Um, and that and that's one of the things that, that we can do. You talk about hybrid events being virtual and live, but actually we're more of a hybrid event where we bring in creative production and technology. Mm-hmm. And that's been one of our unique uh, sort of selling points since we started, where we look at what we do as a business which is fantastic creative production insights and content and we put that into a live situation so I wanted to bring that into the virtual and then on the other hand you then bring in great creative technology sessions like the Bridgerton session which caused a bit of a stir on Twitter people were absolutely loving seeing how Bridgerton is created from from one of us so that was a a real highlight But then we also invited some of our exhibitors to produce some training videos, which again is very important on the show floor. People haven't been able to see Kit for Mm. such a long time. And we try to mix that in 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 a way that people would get 15, 20 minute snapshots and then go and talk to Canon direct using the hop in system.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, just the just the, the the sessions that you you highlighted there. You know, getting under the skin of the serpent. I like what they did, what you did there. You know, having the entire creative team of bringing that huge, really popular BBC One drama and and Netflix drama together. And and as you mentioned, Bridgerton, possibly the the buzziest title around. Getting expertise on, on 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 the vfx the, the things that people perhaps wouldn't necessarily realize in in such a glossy show building the the vfx world of of, of um of, of bridgerton that um i also you know i also know i understand that you you were you were in conversation with gordon buchanan um the the wildlife <laughs> filmmaker how was that what was that like as an experience what what did gordon impart to you
1: Oh, well, I mean, he's, he's he spoke at an event we ran about six, seven years ago called the Production and Post Forum, which was at the BFI, which was sort of precursor to MPTS, really. And um, I've been chasing him ever since to uh, get involved, but he's usually a very busy man. And obviously with COVID and lockdown, uh, I managed to pin him down this time. But we're big fans of Gordon in, the, in our house, and I think he his passion for conservation and uh, planet preservation comes across in every program he does he is not just a wildlife cameraman you know he's he's invested in it it's it's his passion so we asked him about the next series of animal family and me i suggested we want pandas other people seem <laughs> to think that too on the chat box i know he's off to rwanda uh, he said he couldn't say too much but they're big and hairy so <laughs> he's um, he's off to Rwanda I think in about six weeks so yeah it's been tough for them I think that was one of the things we wanted to highlight that whilst a lot of production studio production and location production has been able to go on in in this country under covid rules if you're a natural history filmmaker that involves traveling around the world going deep into jungles and across deserts looking for bugs and animals it's not it's not happened mm. so we just wanted to chat to him and, and see how he's found it because I think also from someone who 20 years who has been traveling the world and is constantly away from home suddenly being told you can't leave mm. it's probably quite difficult.
0: Absolutely and that is is quite indicative of the what we've had to adapt to everyone's working world has it's changed dramatically. And from, from your perspective, you know, uh, bringing together uh, an MPTS event digitally, not having the MPTS proper as, as a kind of a reference point, bringing a physical event into a virtual world and kind of really making that big. What what were the challenges? What were the things that you found really difficult and um, what what were triumphant and something that you perhaps surprised about that was really good for the event?
1: I think, first off, I can't wait to just throw open the doors of Olympia, let everyone in, and then they can all get on with it. A digital event, the concern is that you're just at the behest of technology and Wi-Fi, and not just yours, the people that are logging in, the speakers. It, it, It was such a major task to do all the rehearsals. We did individual rehearsals with every single speaker, so that was 55 rehearsals. Um, tech tests um, audio tests where are you what's your wi-fi like you know it's it's so much more involved in terms of planning and stressing than a live event to be honest and you know our live event is normally only two days I've no idea how we ended up doing three days but (laughs) we had um, a lot of content that We wanted to talk about. I think my team would agree that probably a lesson learnt is maybe not to have run sessions pretty much back to back. Maybe put a lunch break in there, just even so the team can have a sandwich. Um, uh, And the things that I was surprised about was the amount of people that registered. I was surprised and really pleased it never ceases to amaze me how much people want to hear content and listen to content and network mm. you know it gosh that's been such a big thing that people have missed in terms of an industry we're so much more engaged when we're together
0: mm. Mm, definitely you know
1: um and whilst, you know, it was great to see all the chats and the networking going on and we can we can see in in our analytics how many meetings, one to one meetings are going on and it and it was fabulous engagement. But you know, we couldn't go to the bar afterwards for a beer. You know, there's no after
0: Devastating.
1: party. Devastating. <laughs> <laughs> no after party. Um, my favourite bit. Um and it's you know, it's just when it ends, it ends. And and that's it. And you go make a cup of tea. So that uh, definitely programming, thinking about breaks. But then again, do you want to make it too long? You know, it's it's hard. It's it's a hard thing. I think we've we've learned several things. Really good feedback and people involved, exhibitors, a lot of our exhibitors took up virtual booths. They didn't have to. Um, but we had 80 companies with virtual booths on there. Lots of them promoting that. And as I said, registrations were great. And the feedback has been on the whole really, really positive because um, mm-hmm. I don't think so far this year there's been an event like it for our sector. Um, on this sort of magnitude. So yeah, it's, we're really pleased, exhausted, but pleased.
0: Absolutely. Well, as you, as you referenced earlier, we're now uh, going to have a taste of MPTS Connect. Uh, We're going to hear from, as you mentioned, Indies, the Indies in Lockdown session, which was chaired by my colleague, uh, Insight editor, uh, Jesse Wittock and featuring Daniel Lux, Managing Director of CPL Productions, Ninda Billing, Head of Specialist Factual at The Garden, and Laura Mansfield, Creative Director of Outline
2: Productions. Danielle, what was the CPL response to the situation?
1: I think the deepest issue that we really felt acutely was the fact that every production issue was not a production issue, it was a moral issue. It, you were dealing with life and death, you had to make decisions, on your own about whether it was correct to ask somebody to go and shoot something, even if they said yes themselves. What's your duty of care to your contributors? What's your duty of care to the people who work for you? And for me, that has continued to be the biggest question that we all face. You know, We're great at problem solving, we're great at contingencies, great at all those things. How we look after people and how we don't demand of them things that are inappropriate, that is the bottom line. And that's the thing that the pandemic brought its to its for me.
2: What What did you feel, Ninda, when you were thinking about something like um, the museum uh, series, which mm-hmm. which came um, out? What were the sort of implications for that show around you know the safety of contributors, around the safety of your own staff, yourself? You know, how how were you kind of considering that?
3: Well, I think the, the first thing we did was work out. Um, the first question you ask is, can we film? And then, you know, how can we film? Um, how can we keep people safe? And that becomes paramount. Which, uh, you know, for a, a series being made in a museum, wasn't what we were thinking would be the first question we would need to be need to be asking. Um, and I think you're absolutely right, Daniel. It, it really was a, a moral issue. Um, but the, of course, that then meant we had came up with these. Everyone came up with these bibles of protocols, um, and the protocols were evolving all the time as well. We just had to stay fluid. So you knew that what you um, decided was a safe way to film based on the scientific advice on a Monday may not be the same in two weeks' time because the scientific advice may have changed. So um, we just had to stay really uh, abreast of current thinking. Um, And we had to just be really um, overt about asking people what they felt comfortable with. Um, and if people didn't feel comfortable we just couldn't ask them to do things even if even if you thought oh well you know the guidance is this and you probably can do that um what uh, we all found was that people are much more open about their individual circumstances as well whereas before you keep that all in the background and so people who say I'm looking after someone elderly, I've got children, or I'm in contact with all my, you know, like my partner is vulnerable, or I've actually got underlying health conditions. People had to be much more open and much more trusting with each other. And, you know, in terms of teams, I found that the team on Natural History Museum uh, was one of the strongest teams actually that I've worked with because everyone was not just making a program together, they were really looking out for each other all the time as well. I'm feeling much more confident by saying, are you okay with this? Are you okay with that? Um and in terms of casting, like so casting was all done on Zoom. So there was there was no there was no need in the end. We said Look, there's no need, even if you wanted to to meet people. So you'd cast on Zoom and then go and uh, recce separately, um, and then join the two together. And then we'd have Zoom meetings where Uh, in the garden we had when we could we met in the office and there were three of us in the huge office all at different in different parts of the office and one of us by the whiteboard doing the thing you normally do which is slap up all the different stories and then start moving around and work out so there's still there's some of the functions of production still had to happen you know you still had to have the brains in the room you still had to think creatively because we were making a series which we did not want to Uh, feel was made in lockdown which we did want to from a business point of view we did want to feel like can be returnable business that felt timeless as well so it can be viewed in two years time and no one's going to think oh it was that time when they couldn't film anyone like that and you know and, and you know so there's no zoom and then when we could we used the windows of opportunity when lockdown lifted slightly and so then the museum opened especially for us and we got we cast large family groups that we knew who could stay in their family groups and carefully position them so you shoot them in a particular way and it looked like there were lots of visitors to the museum but actually it's three individual family groups and you're shooting them and you position them in that way so it looks like visitors coming through so there's a lot of a lot of ingenuity but all of it was predicated on pe- keeping people safe all the time
2: Another issue that we've heard uh, time and time again at Broadcast, um, and we'll be doing more reporting into in, in coming months, is is the kind of more, um, I, I guess, uh, the, the more financial side of things. So COVID has obviously changed the cost of production. COVID uh, protocols obviously cost money, and then there are various sort of unseens in whatever show it is you're making that will be attached to the show. So there are sort of two things that we're seeing is one, there's a question around sort of how that's financed and who, who pays for that and, and what the responsibilities are on the side of the producer, on the side of the broadcaster and whoever else might be involved. Now, Laura, I wondered um, what your take on that is and in terms of how Outline has, has found those sort of additional costs that are associated with a, with a production and, and how the kind of conversations around those costs are going
4: I mean, you know, there are definitively additional kind of concrete costs associated, which, you know, it's we reckon it's about the 15% extra once you factor in, you know, the very, very welcome DCMS insurance as well as other um, additional kind of practical costs. But there's also a lot of hidden costs, um, which are around um, the people time, the prep time, all of that stuff that you don't see, you can't charge for. And, and those hidden costs are things which the companies, you know, indies are bearing. So the amount of time that our extraordinary production execs and production managers are spending, that's not really allocated to any broadcaster about multiple protocols, multiple different plans. And all of that is stuff that, as an in indie, and looking forward, that you're having to bear and you're having to put into your plans. So I think it's those are two things, really. Um, so I think there is a, there is a very great kind of pressure, but people are kind of finding, you know, that they're resilient. They're putting they're putting those plans into action.
2: Mm, okay, um, we've got a question from the floor, which is sort of slightly related to this. It's um, I'll, I'll, I'll pose it to you, Ninda. Uh, have the practicalities of COVID meant we've compromised on technical quality, remote production? If so, are we accepting uh, new levels of quality for access and openness? I think we're t- what we're talking about here is, is the quality of production. Ninda, what, what view? What, what, what do you think uh, around that? I mean, it's on screen. Things certainly don't look too different now than they did. No, I think we work,
3: we work really hard behind the scenes to make sure things on screen don't look uh, different. Um, one of the biggest um, changes for me, I would say, is remote editing and working out um, the language of remote editing successfully because we've you know, all become accustomed to sitting in a room alongside someone and saying can you just move that bit there and do that bit there oh, I'm not quite explaining myself properly but it's it's that and um, the editor understanding a bit of finger pointing a bit of half sentences uh, and actually when you're you know 100 miles away from an editor uh, then you have to work out a new way of uh, conveying that information and so that's for the the PDs and for PDs um, who are working with editors they've never worked with before as well, trying to create that intimacy of relationship which means that they can um, come to a proper creative understanding and then for us giving our notes in to that structure as well has been a real challenge and you work out you know, that in the early stages it's easier when it comes down to fine cutting then it, you know, I found it I don't know about anyone else but I personally found it more tricky when you are talking about the detail about the nuance and you think you've said something but somebody misunderstands so you have to factor in that it may take more time and i would say that for us we relied on editors working really hard but uh, in terms of staying um on schedule with edits that was that has been uh
2: that has been a challenge okay um laura what's what's been your your uh, experience
4: yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree with what Ninda's saying. It's, it's when you get to that fine-cut stage where people are used to two people sitting creatively bantering in a room, that um, it gets particularly hard, and I think... But it's across the board in production. It has really put the focus on communication in every direction and how important it is to be taking time at every level to be kind of communicating really, really clearly. So I think, weirdly, with an edit... On some level, it's made it more efficient because you can have two people, two places working simultaneously. And once they do establish a relationship, people can work very, very quickly through the first part of an edit. But when you get to that later bit, I think it is more—it is more challenging. But I think that the flexibility—you know—we're starting to talk now about the positives of kind of building back better after this um, experience. And I do think that hopefully the long-lasting fact that you don't have to be in a room with your editor, that you can hire editors from all over the UK, that we can hire edit producers from all over the UK, it's going to be incredibly liberating. And I think we're already seeing it's allowing um, you know, women returning to work, people with kids who would have struggled to balance work and home, and yes, are having huge challenges with um homeschooling, who actually are able to work in a more flexible way. Um, this could weirdly be the thing our industry needed to become much more flexible and um, much more parent-friendly in industry. So I think there are—it's it, two sides really. Okay, thank you for that.
0: That was really fantastic. Really interesting to hear um, those insights. I mean, it's been really difficult for the indie sector in general, uh, the TV industry in general, as we've we referenced, but particularly indies in lockdown. So it was, it was, it was really fascinating to hear what. Um, what our panel had to say about that just quickly looking ahead charlotte what what are your plans for next year obviously you mpts we're as we referenced is, is going to come back in in a physical form you know we've got uh the roadmap and we've got things are positive and we're looking forward to bringing it back physically next year um what, what what are your plans for the event are, is there going to be a hybrid element of of the digital things that work really well at mpts connect
1: I think so. I mean, it's it's very hard to predict where we're going to be in again in a year's time. One of the benefits that the show has is that, you know, we are a UK-based show and the UK is, I think, one of the most significant uh, media and entertainment countries in the world. So bringing back this event for the UK sector is so exciting. At the moment, I think it's going to be bigger. We've moved into a new hall two-story national hall um, in Olympia. We've retained the majority of all of our exhibitors. They really want to support us. We have fantastic relationships with our clients and they've been very happy with how we've handled the last couple of years. We've retained nearly all of our clients on the show floor so we'll be looking at that. So we're, we've we've planned to have three new theatres, a couple of new areas that we'll be exploring around training because that, that seems to be something that people are just desperate for. Expanding on the Keynote Theatre, can't wait to bring that back, see what great telly and film that we can explore on the Keynote Theatre. Yeah, we're just raring to get going again. We'll, we'll have about 300 speakers, 150 sessions across the two days. It's going to be jam-packed with content, but more importantly, visitors and exhibitors.
0: I genuinely can't wait to do it. It was a real shame not to have done it last year. Just quickly, uh, for MPTS Connect, which is just finished, will will the sessions be available for those who weren't able to access it live during the, during the last three days?
1: The plan is, yes, we're just working through speaker permissions. You know, uh, they very kindly give up their time, but um, we always like to double check. So, yes, hopefully we're going to be starting loading the first ones, which you can find on mediaproductionshow.com under our virtual festival tab. Um, so they should be, I think we'll have about 10 up next week.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Well, I thoroughly recommend everyone take a look at the sessions if you missed them in, during the live event. Now, it wouldn't be the same if we didn't end with our favorite segment, uh, which uh, I've, I've had the pleasure of informing you about Charlotte. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing from you, but it's what we've been watching, and just basically what have you been watching this week Charlotte
1: oh dear well can we keep it a secret (laughs) I have been binging Married at First Sight Australia
0: you you and the rest of the you and the rest of the country out
1: loud (laughs) I've said it out loud um gosh I don't know what it is about that show but I, i My husband walked into the front room last night. He said, Oh my God, are you still watching this?
0: It's a great format.
1: Are there? It is a great format. It's a great format. format.
0: Yeah. No, well, I don't think you should be ashamed of that.
1: (laughs) Well, it's uh, what I need sometimes is television that doesn't involve much thinking. And, um, you know, I have a variety of things. I do seem to have a bit of a penchant for police murder, dramas as well.
0: That is a great list, a really varied list. Um, It it leaves me to say thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming on the News Wrap. It's been a pleasure having you. It's really great to see MPTS Connect being such a success. And as we said many times before, can't wait for MPTS to come back in 2022 with all bells and whistles. So thank you once again.
1: Thanks, John, for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Broadcast Newswrap, with me, international editor John Elms and special guest Charlotte Wheeler, event director of the Media Production and Technology Show. Today's podcast was edited by me. Please do check out this week's podcast plus all previous episodes of News Wrap, on Spotify and iTunes or via our website www.broadcastnow.co.uk.